where we're uh, there in uh, 1 Corinthians chapter number 9, and we've been studying or doing a study on different words through the, Bi- through the Bible over the last several uh, Sunday nights. I think, I think this is the eighth week in our Words That Will Change Your Life uh, series, and I think, I think we'll probably go uh, several more weeks, and, and then we'll, we'll transition into something, something different. The word uh, for tonight that I want to focus on, we've been taking kind of a word, an idea. Sometimes it's a Bible word, but sometimes it's not a Bible word, but that principle is found in the Bible. And the word I want to talk about tonight is the, is the word discipline. Discipline. The definition of the word discipline is behavior in accord with rules of conduct, behavior and order maintained by training and uh, control. And here's and we're going to get into, you know, what, how, how the Bible would define discipline and things like that. But here's what I want you to understand just kind of as we begin is that the key to accomplishing whatever it is that you'd like to accomplish in life, the, the key to that, you know, whatever, sometimes we feel like we're failing in different areas of life. And, 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 you know, no one is just succeeding at everything. And maybe in your finances you're struggling. Uh, maybe it's uh, uh, your health, you know, your, your, your fitness. Maybe it's relationships. Uh, maybe it's spiritually, uh, whatever it might be. Usually when we fail, and usually when we feel like we're failing, it's because we're lacking discipline in that area uh, of our lives. And I just kind of want to begin my introduction and, and kind of ask this question, what would your life be like if you were succeeding in the areas that you feel like you're failing in? I mean, if it was your finances, and I'm not trying to, I'm, not, I'm definitely not preaching prosperity gospel uh, tonight, we're going to get into some Bible, but if, if it was your finances, you know, how much money would you have in the bank? I mean, how, how much money would you be earning in a year? Uh, how much money would you be able to give to the work of God? You know, if it was your fitness, uh, what would you weigh? You know, how would you feel? Uh, what, what is the amount of energy that you would have if, if you said, I just, I just had my, my health in, in order? Maybe in your relationship, how would your relationship with your wife be or your husband be or with your children or with friends or co-workers or fellow church members, whatever it may be? Maybe spiritually, if you were succeeding in the area spiritually and maybe you don't feel like you are. Maybe you had a really great January reading nine chapters a day and your Bible readings kind of dwindle off. You know, what would your Bible reading look like? What would your prayer life look like? What would your soul winning look like you know maybe it's your personal de- uh, personal development what skills would you be developing what things would you be learning if if you could just succeed in in any and every area that you either want to succeed in or you feel like you're failing in what would it be what would it look like because here's what you got to understand the key to success is discipline the key to success is found in this word discipline. So let's begin uh, tonight by kind of defining the word discipline. And for those of you who like to take uh, notes, point number one tonight is the definition of discipline. Let's talk about what discipline is. In 1 Corinthians 9, if you look down at verse number 24, the Bible says this, Know ye not that they which run in a race run all, but one receiveth the prize. So run that ye may obtain. Now, the Apostle Paul is using this illustration of a, of a race during the time of the Apostle, the Olympic Games or something that uh, everybody he was talking to would have uh, been familiar with. And, he, and he's saying, hey, don't you know that when someone runs in a race, they, they, they run, you know, there's, there's many who run. He says, everyone who's in the race runs. He says, they which run in a race run all. But he says, but one receiveth the prize. He says, one wins, one succeeds. He says, so run that ye may obtain. And every man that striveth, 
for the mastery. He's saying striving is talking about working or trying to attain something. He said if you're striving for the mastery, if you're striving to try to win, if you're striving to get the gold, if you're striving to get the crown, he says every man that striveth for the mastery is, I want you to notice this word, temperate. Temperate. You ought, to, you ought to underline that uh, word in your Bible. That's actually one of the fruits of the Spirit. Remember the fruit of the Spirit? Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. Just like we were preaching about uh, this morning, you can fulfill the love, the law of God. And the Bible tells us here that if you're trained, here's what he's saying, and, and you and I can understand this. If I were training for, uh, you know, the Olympics, if I was training for some sort of a physical, you know, a marathon, if I, were, if I was training for something physical, he says, if someone is striving for the mastery, they are temperate. Here's what the word temperate means. They, they are able to restrain themselves. They're able to control themselves. He says he is temperate in all things. Now they do it to obtain a corruptible crown, but we an incorruptible. He says, I therefore so run, not as uncertainly, so fight I, not as one that beateth the air. Notice these words, verse 27, but I keep under my body. Now here's, here's what's interesting. That same phrase, I keep under my body, is translated elsewhere in our King James Bible. I won't have to turn there, but in Luke 18, 5, it's translated by the King James translators this way, uh, to weary. Remember, the, the, the widow was coming to the unjust judge, and she kept trying to plead her case, and the, the judge wouldn't, you know, he wasn't helping her out. And the Bible says uh, that eventually she wore him down. The, the Bible says, she weary me, and, and that's what that word, I keep under my body. It's, it's kind of a, a boxing term. My dad was, a, was, was actually a professional boxer when he was, when he was young. And what I mean by that is he, he, he got paid uh, to box. I'm, that doesn't mean he was good. I, I don't know if he was good, uh, but, but he got he got money to, to box a little bit. And, you know, and when, when I was a kid, he taught me how to box a little bit, you know. And here's the trick about boxing. You know, for, if you've ever done, like, boxing or any sort of fighting like that, you realize that it really tires you out. You know, if you ever do, like, wrestling, it really tires you out. And the idea is if you're getting a fight, if you can just kind of hold out, you know, if you, if you can get the other guy to get, t- you know, more tired than you are, you know, wait till he gets weary and then you can, you know, give him the knockout punch. And that's what the Apostle Paul is saying. He says, but I keep under my body. He says, I weary my own body. He says, if I'm fighting with myself, it's the spiritual man versus the, the carnal man, the new man versus the old man, the renewed man versus the, the old flesh. He says, I keep under my body, notice, and bring it into subjection. I put it under control. I bring it under restraint, lest that by any means when I preach to others, I myself should be a castaway. See, the word discipline means to be able to control self. You know that if you're training for a marathon, if you're training for the Olympics, if you're training for some sort of a physical feat, you're going to have to learn to control yourself. You're not going to be able to stop at McDonald's every night. You might be able to go down to Cold Stone Creamery and get that you know, Cold Stone milkshake. You're going to have to learn to say no to some things. I mean, those guys, those athletes, if they're training for the Olympics, they have to get up at a certain time. They have to sleep a certain amount of hours. They have to eat a certain amount of food. They have to eat certain types of food. They have to learn to be temperate in all things. That's what the word means. Uh, Discipline is to be in self-control. You're there in 1 Corinthians. Do me a favor. Keep your finger there. We're going to come back to it. But go to the book of Galatians. You got 1st, 2nd Corinthians, and then you got the book of Galatians. Galatians chapter 5. See, discipline is self-control. And discipline is learning to deny self. 
Galatians 5.24 says this, And they that are Christ, and they that are Christ, notice what he says, have crucified the flesh with the affections and lusts. See, your flesh has certain affections. Your flesh has certain lusts. Your flesh has certain things it desires. But if you're Christ, you have to learn. It's not talking about a physical, you know, we're physically putting ourselves to death. But the idea, he's using a play on words. He's saying they have crucified the flesh, meaning they put themselves to death. They put their desires to death. They put their affections and their lust to death. Paul would say, I am crucified with Christ. He says, nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. He said, I'm not killing myself. He said, I'm just dying to self. That's what discipline is. It's self-control. You're there in Galatians 5, 24. Go to Colossians chapter 3. You go past Ephesians, past Philippians, into the book of Colossians, and look at Colossians chapter 3. And you find this idea throughout the Bible, Colossians chapter 3, look at verse number 4, Colossians chapter number 3 and verse 4, Colossians 3, 4, he says this, when Christ, who is our life, shall appear, then shall ye also appear with him in glory, we saw that this morning, but look at verse 5, mortify, mortify means to put to death, mortify, you've heard of a morticianer? They deal with dead bodies. He says, mortify therefore your members. Your members are talking about your body parts. Mortify therefore your members which are upon the earth. And then, he sa- and then he tells you, here's what your members want to do. Fornication, uncleanness, inordinate affection, evil concupiscence, covet- and covetousness, which is idolatry. Here's what he's saying. Your flesh desires things that are not good for your flesh. And whether it's McDonald's and I'm training for a marathon or whether it's fornication and lust and I'm training to to run the race that is set before me, whatever that is, your flesh desires things that are not good for it. And if you're going to be successful in life, we're going to have to learn to control ourselves. And here's what that means is we put our flesh to death. We mortify, therefore, our members. Go to the book. Uh, no, don't go anywhere. Keep your finger in, in Colossians, okay? Here's where you should have a, a finger. First Corinthians, and then you should have something in Colossians. But go to Luke chapter number 9, Luke 9, 23. But we're going to come back to those passages, so I want you to keep a place there. This is kind of all introduction, but I want you to notice what the Bible says. Luke chapter 9, verse 23. This is what God calls the Christian life. And by the way, you ever heard of being a disciple for Christ? A disciple of Jesus, a disciple, the word comes from the same word, discipline. A disciple is someone who is disciplined, someone who is able to control themselves. Notice what Jesus said in Luke chapter 9 and verse 23. Matthew, Mark, Luke. Luke chapter 9 and verse number 23. The Bible says, and he said to them all, if any will come after me, says, if you want to follow me, if you want to be my disciple." He says, let him deny, notice those words, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. He says, you got to learn to deny self and you got to put self to death. Take up your cross daily and follow me. Go to the book of Romans. You're there in Luke, Romans chapter number six. You got Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts, Romans, Romans chapter number six. Someone said this, if you do not conquer self, you will be conquered by self. If you do not conquer self, you will be conquered by self. Because here's the thing. We all have a... Our flesh wants to take the path of least resistance. Our flesh wants to do whatever is easy. Our flesh doesn't want to get up early in the morning. 
Our flesh doesn't want to sit down and read the Bible. Our flesh doesn't want to get on the treadmill, right? Our flesh doesn't want to, you know, go out for a run. Our flesh doesn't want to, you know, control our eating. Our flesh just wants to sit down and eat, you know? Our flesh just wants to sit down and do that, which comes easy to it. But if you're going to be disciplined, if I'm going to be disciplined, we're going to have to learn to get control of our flesh. Notice what the Apostle Paul says in Romans chapter 6. Look at verse number 11. Romans chapter 6, verse 11. He says, likewise, reckon. Now, the word reckon means to establish, to conclude, uh, to, to, to set an opinion. In the South, they use the word a lot. You know, I reckon this and I reckon that. He says, likewise, reckon ye also yourselves to be dead indeed unto sin, but alive unto God through Jesus Christ our Lord. He says, let not sin. Now, don't don't miss these words. Notice what he says, verse 12. Let not sin, therefore, reign in your mortal bodies. He's saying sin should not rule. Reign like a king reigns over uh, 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 an area. He says, look, sin should not be allowed to reign. Sin should not be allowed to rule in your mortal bodies, that ye should obey it in the lust thereof. Look at verse 13. Neither yield. You see that word yield? That's talking about the path of least resistance. That's talking about going in the direction that is easiest to go. He says, neither yield ye your members as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin, but yield yourselves unto God as those that are alive from the dead and your members as instruments of righteousness unto God. For sin shall not have dominion. The word dominion means to rule. He says, sin shall not rule over you, shall not have dominion over you, for ye are not under the law, but under grace. Today you get, you get a lot of this teaching, you know, oh, you're under grace. You know, it doesn't matter. You can live the way you want. And listen, yeah, if you're saved, you're under grace. If you're saved, you know, praise the Lord. You're, we're not under the law. But notice what Paul said in verse 15. He says, what then? Shall we sin because we are not under law, but under grace? God forbid. He says, look, just because we're under grace, just because I've got eternal security, just because I can do whatever I want and still go to heaven, just because I can live how I'd like and, and, and not see hell, he says, that doesn't give me a right to just do whatever I want. He said, I shouldn't just live and yield my life to the flesh and just do whatever my body wants to do. He says, look, even though you're under grace, even though you can't lose your salvation, he says, we ought to learn to live a life of discipline, of self-control, of self-denial, of telling your flesh and telling your body, no, we're not going to do that. We're not going to go there. We're not going to listen to this. We're not going to put that in our mouth. We're not going to spend that money. We're, we're going to live a disciplined life. If you do not conquer self, you will be conquered by self. See, the definition of discipline is this, self-control. The definition of discipline is this, self-denial. The Christian life and the successful life is a life that learns to deny and control self. Number two, let's talk about the development of discipline. So we talked about the definition of discipline. What is discipline? Self-control. What is discipline? Self-denial. But how do you develop it? What, how do we develop discipline? Did you keep your finger or something in Colossians? Okay, if you go past Colossians into 1st and 2nd Thessalonians, uh, I'm sorry, past 1st and 2nd Thessalonians into 1st Timothy, go to 1st Timothy chapter 4 and look at verse number 7, all right? So if, if you kept your place in Colossians, you can lose it, but go, go past 1st and 2nd Thessalonians into 1st uh, Timothy I want you to notice this verse. 1 Timothy chapter 4, look at verse 7. 1 Timothy 4, 7. Notice what the Apostle Paul says. He says, but refuse profane and old wise fables. And I want you to notice this word. This is a word nobody likes, right? 
and exercise, you see that? And exercise thyself rather unto godliness. See, discipline can be developed like a muscle. Just like a muscle, can, you can exercise it. it you know, I, I'm a good example of a, of a very well-exercised specimen, right? No, I'm not. Okay, but you know, just like a muscle can be exercised and can be made stronger, discipline is something that you and I can develop. He says that we ought to exercise ourselves rather unto godliness. You know, and by the way, bodily exercise profiteth little, but godliness is profitable unto all things, is what the Bible says. And he says we can develop that, and you can develop that. Maybe you lack discipline. You know, and here's the thing. We all, we don't, you know, hopefully you don't lack discipline in every single area of your life. Sometimes we have very good discipline in one area, but we lack it in another. Sometimes, you know, you got people, they're really good with their finances. They look at their finances. They budget. They get on a plan. They don't spend more than they should. They know, you know, they got all their percentages right. They're spending the right percentage on their housing, the right percentage on their grocery. They got everything disciplined, you know, but then their health is messed up, you know. And then you got some people, they're fit, they're running, they're ready to go, but they're always late. You know, I mean, you got people, we all have different areas in our lives where we lack discipline, you need to figure out the, the area that you lack discipline in because that's probably the muscle that's weak, that needs to be developed, that needs to be strengthened. He says, exercise thyself rather unto godliness. Now, you're there in 1 Timothy 4. Go with me to the book of Hebrews. You're going to go past 2 Timothy, past Titus, past Philemon, into the book of Hebrews, and look at Hebrews chapter number 5. Hebrews chapter number 5, and let me show you something about this idea of exercising yourselves, uh, you know, developing uh, yourself. Hebrews chapter 5, and look at verse number uh, 14. Hebrews chapter 5 and verse 14. Notice what the Bible says. But strong me belongeth to them that are of full age. Even those who, notice what he says, by reason of use have their senses exercised. Do you see that? They're mature. They're strong. They, 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 they've got some muscles, spiritual muscles, to discern both good and evil. Go to Hebrews chapter 12. Look at verse 11. You're there in Hebrews 5. Look at Hebrews chapter 12 and verse number 11. Hebrews 12, 11. Notice what he says here. Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 11. He says, now no chastening for the present seemeth to be joyous, so whenever you get corrected, whenever you get spanked, you know, that, that doesn't, that's not, doesn't feel good, but grievous, nevertheless, afterward it yielded the peaceable fruit of righteousness unto them, notice what he says, which are exercised thereby. He says, he, he says, you know, sometimes God gets on us and he kind of puts us on a spiritual diet, you know. Sometimes God puts us on that spiritual exercise program because we've allowed things to get so out of control. So here's the idea. You can develop discipline, but you develop discipline in the same way you would develop a muscle, and, and that is you can exercise it and you can strengthen it and you can get it to be stronger. If you have an issue with getting up on time in the morning and you sleep in and that's your area where you struggle, I mean, it's just hard for you to get out of bed. Your flesh just likes to be in that bed. Hey, that's the area you need to work at to try to discipline yourself and try to strengthen yourself. Maybe you struggle with eating. Maybe you just, that's something that's hard for you to control. And it's just hard. You know, you know that you should be done, but you're, you just want to keep eating more. Hey, that's an area you got to be working at. Maybe you're a struggle with your finances. 
and you just spend and spend and spend, and you know there's no money there, but you've got a credit card overdraft thing set up, and you know they're going to charge it anyway, and, and you know you shouldn't be spending it, but you just, you can't stop. Hey, discipline yourself in that area. Exercise yourself in that area. Maybe you struggle with Bible reading. Maybe you struggle with prayer. Maybe you struggle with church attendance. Whatever it may be, whatever area you're not succeeding in in life, figure out what that is and just put yourself on an exercise program for that area in your life. Now, let me give you some steps as to how to do that. Steps for developing discipline. Number one, you must be resolved. You must be resolved. You just have to make the choice. And I want you to notice, you're there in Hebrews 12. Go back to Hebrews chapter 11 and look at verse number 25. Hebrews chapter number 11 and verse number 25. Here we have an area where we see, uh, we see Moses using discipline in his life. He, and notice the wording that God uses. Hebrews eleven twenty five. 25. He says, choosing. Choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God. Now, here's the thing. That is not the path of least resistance. It was not easy for Moses to decide, I'm going to go with the children of Israel and suffer instead of staying in the, in Pharaoh, with Pharaoh and a life of luxury. But here's the word that the, the, the Holy Spirit uses. It uses the word choosing. And the idea there is that he, he made a choice. In his mind, he decided something. He says, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. Notice verse 26, esteeming. The word esteem has to do with, with the way you think about something, with the, with the, the way your, your mind approaches something. He says, esteeming the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures in Egypt, for he had respect unto the recompense uh, of the reward. Is it hot in here? I'm hot. I'm hot all the time. Anybody else hot? Who's hot? Who's not hot? All right. I think we had more hots. Can we turn the air on or fans or something? So here, the, the, the first idea of developing discipline is this. You have to make a choice. You have to be resolved. The Bible says this, for though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh, for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. See, in your mind, you've developed strongholds. In your mind, there are these fortified thoughts, these fortified ideas that have told you, you can't even win there. You can't even go there. Don't even try, don't even try to lose weight. You're going to fail like you failed every year. Don't even try to save money. You're going to fail like you failed every year. And we have these strongholds in our mind. But the Bible says that we can cast those down. He says, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalted itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. See, it's a mind game. There's a famous, uh, a famous coach who... who was very successful. His name was uh, Vince Lombardi. And he said this. He said, The good Lord gave you a body that can stand most anything. It's your mind you have to convince. And see, the truth of the matter is, if you can win the battle in your head, you've already won. Because you can get your body to do whatever it needs to do. But don't buy into this idea, I'm just always going to fail in this area. I'm just never going to be successful in this area. I'm just not going to be able to be faithful. I've always been lazy. I've always been late. I've always been this. I've always been that. Hey, you have to choose and make a choice. And it might be hard. And it may be easier to say, I'm going to live with Pharaoh in the palace in the lap of luxury. But Moses chose. 
Bible says, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. Now, you don't have to go back there, but if you remember in Luke 9.23, let me give you the second part to developing discipline. Number one, you have to get resolved. You just have to make up your mind. You just have to get sick and tired of being sick and tired. You just have to say, you know, I'm done here. I'm done with this. I'm tired of losing here. I'm going to win. I'm deciding that I'm going to pull down those strongholds. The second thing, though, is this. You must establish a routine. You must establish a routine. Here's what Jesus said. You don't have to go back there. We read it, Luke 9, 23. And he said unto them all, if any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross. And here's the key word, daily. And take up his cross daily and follow me. See, we must learn to make a daily choice. It's not enough to say, I'm going to serve God today. We have to make that choice every day. Every day we have to decide, my flesh is not in control. There's an old uh, famous preacher uh, named Lester Roloff, and there's a story that, I don't know if it's true, it's just something they they say. They say Lester Roloff every morning would would get up and he would would go into the shower and he would put the the water just as cold as it could be, just early in the morning, six in the morning, as, as cold as it could be, and he'd just force himself to like stand in that freezing cold water and he would just yell to himself, you are not in control today. You know, he said, you are not going to tell me what to do. You know, I'm going to make you stand there, you know. And that's what we've got to do with our bodies. Because your body wants to do things that are not good. Your flesh wants to do things that are not right. Your flesh wants to do things that are not going to help you succeed. And we just have to choose every day. You're not going to be in control. Someone said this, we are what we repeatedly do. We are what we repeatedly do. Excellence then is not an act, but a habit. Successful people are not successful people because they are talented. They are not successful people because they were born into the right family. They're not successful people because just the things happen to line up for them. Most people who succeed in life are successful because they learn to do the hard thing every day. Every day they get up. Every day they do what they're supposed to do. Every day they get on that treadmill. Every day they make sure they look at their finances. Every day they do whatever it is they got to do to succeed in whatever area it is that they're failing. So how do you develop the spiritual muscle of discipline. Number one, you must be resolved. You just got to make that choice. You just got to decide, I, I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired. I'm going to win at this thing starting now. Number two, you got to establish a routine. Number three, you must determine a reward. You must determine a reward. Are you, there, are you still there in Hebrews eleven twenty six? 26? Remember we're reading about Moses. Notice, notice what Moses said. Look at verse 26. Esteeming the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures in Egypt, for he had respect, notice, unto the recompense of the reward. Moses had the ability to be able to look ahead into the future and and understand, you know, there is a reward coming that is better than the reward that I'm foregoing right now. See, most of us mess up because we choose to take that pleasure, that quick pleasure right now. It feels good right now. I want that candy bar, right? Right now. I want to buy that right now. I don't want to save up for it. I don't want to budget and put money aside. I want to just go get that nice car right now. And if I got to go into debt to do it, then I'll just do it. Because it's too hard. It's too hard to discipline myself, to force myself to pay cash for things. 
It's so hard to force myself to, to make sure that I eat right, that I do right. Hey, it's, it's so hard to just discipline myself, to go soul winning every week, to read the Bible every week, to be consistent in church. See, what we have to do is we have to be able to look, live our lives with some perspective, and look ahead and say, there's a better reward. There's a better reason. There's a better purpose. There's something that I'm looking at. And, 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 and here's, here's what, what Moses, he, he, he looked at Pharaoh and he said, this is temporary. He said, this won't last. He said, I'll serve God and I'll choose God because that reward, he said, that'll be a better reward. And you know what? Physically, because discipline has to do a lot with, with physically. Physically, you know, you ought to set rewards for yourself. If you're disciplining yourself and you're trying to do something, you ought to have a goal. You know, I, I, I use the, the, I'm using the illustration a lot about losing weight because I think that's something we can all understand. I think a lot of people uh, have those type of, uh, of, of rewards. But you know what? I set a reward. If you say, you know, I'm going to lose 50 pounds or I'm going to lose 30 pounds, you know, set a reward and say, when I do that, you know, I'm going to buy myself a new outfit. Now, now don't, you know, don't, don't reward yourself with, when I lose 50 pounds, I'm going to reward myself by eating a whole chocolate cake all to myself, okay? That's not a good reward, all right? Don't, don't be counterproductive in those things, you know? I, you, I got out of debt, so I'm going to go buy a new car. That, that, that's not the way you want to do things. But set a reward that you can look to but look, when it comes to physical things, set a physical reward. Is that something that's healthy and great? There's nothing wrong with that. But listen, when it comes to spiritual things, make sure your rewards are spiritual. Our motives matter. It matters why, why we uh, do things. You know, and uh, just, just this week, uh, my wife and I were listening to, to a preacher, and he, 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 said, he said this, and I, I thought it was interesting because I don't know that I would have put it into, these, into this wording, but he, he said this. And we need to be careful that this doesn't happen at Verity Baptist Church. Don't make church a competition. Don't make spiritual things a competition. You know, the Bible says this, For we dare not make ourselves of the number or compare ourselves with some that commend themselves, but they measuring themselves by themselves and comparing themselves among themselves are not wise. And we need to be very careful. Look, if you go soul winning so you can come back and tell somebody how many people you got saved, you need to get your heart right. And if you memorize verses or you read a certain amount of Bible so you can go tell somebody, well, look at all the verses I memorized, you need to get your heart right. We need to be careful, you know, to not turn church into this bragging fest where we all get in a circle and we measure how spiritual we are. The Bible says that there are those who commend themselves, and we're not wise to compare ourselves with the, some that commend themselves. We need to be careful that we're doing things for the right reason, that we're doing it not to be seen of men, but because we love God and we want God. And look, and listen to me, you know, I understand you get somebody saved, you're, you're rejoicing, you want to tell somebody, that's not what I'm talking about. But we need to just be careful to not become these braggers, these boasters, where the only reason we ever do something is if somebody's going to get to know about it. Set good rewards. Make sure you develop those muscles. So we talked about, number one, the definition of discipline. We talked, number two, the development of discipline. Go, go back to 1 Corinthians chapter 9. Look at verse number 24. 1 Corinthians chapter 9, and look at verse number 24. And, but, you know, let, let's talk a little bit about this idea of rewards. Because sometimes, you know, we, we get the wrong thought about rewards. Something I wanted to, uh, I'm, I'm thinking of doing, and we'll probably do it this year, if not next year. Uh, but I, I want to do a series on Sunday nights on the crowns. 
that we can get rewarded of in heaven. I think that would be a good uh, thing to study out for us and look at the rewards that God wants to give us. But I want you to notice what the Apostle Paul says in 1 Corinthians 9.24. He says, Know ye not that they which run in a race run all, but one receiveth the prize? He says, So run. Notice what he says. He says, So run that ye may obtain. He says, Look, live your Christian life in a way to obtain the prize. Live your Christian life in a way to get the reward. He says, run that ye may obtain. He says, and every man that striveth for the mastery is tempered in all things. Now they do it to obtain a corruptible crown, but we an incorruptible. But listen, don't get this idea. Ms. JC and I were having a good conversation about this, uh, uh, the, this, this morning after the service. Don't get this idea that, I, I, you know, I'm going to run and get this reward, and in heaven everybody's going to see how great I am. Look, the purpose of the reward is to be able to throw it back at the feet of Jesus and say, here, Lord, I did it for you. I, 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 I served and I sacrificed and I ministered. And, 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 you know, at the judgment seat of Christ, God looks at what you've done. He says, here you're a And then you're able to take those rewards and say, I did it for you, in appreciation for you. It's not to boast and brag on myself. Now, here's the sad thing. When you get to heaven, you got nothing to show because you did nothing for God. And there's no crown. There's nothing to throw back at his feet. See, we, the, the, the idea of, of the reward set, spiritual reward, and if it's a physical goal, set physical goals. You know, have good rewards for yourself and things of that nature as you learn to develop discipline. Go, go, go to 1 Timothy chapter 4. I don't remember if I told you to keep your place in 1 Timothy or not. But go to 1 Timothy chapter 4. Look at verse number 8. 1 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 8. Let's talk about the dividends of discipline. So we talked about the definition of discipline. We talked about the development of discipline. Let's talk about the dividends of discipline, the reward for discipline. First Timothy chapter 4, look verse 8. For bodily exercise profiteth little, but godliness is profitable unto all things, having the promise of life that now is and of that which is to come. Here's what I want you to understand. If you learn to be disciplined in any area, it'll help you with discipline in every area. If you learn to be disciplined in any area, it'll help you with discipline in every area. Let me give you an example. Go to the book of James, James chapter number 2. After the book of Hebrews, you got the book of James, James chapter number 2. Let me just give you an example, and there's some examples that God gives us in the Bible about developing discipline, but I want to just show you one of them. James chapter number 2, and look at verse number 1. Notice what he says, James chapter number 2, and look at verse number 1. The Bible says, my brethren... Have not the faith of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord of glory, with respect of persons? For if there come unto you in assembly uh, a man with a good ring and goodly apparel, and there come in also a poor man. I'm sorry, you know what? I'm reading the wrong. That's not where I wanted to take you. I, I want you to go to James chapter number, uh, good night. James chapter number one. I must have wrote down the wrong no, 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 no. It's James chapter 2. James chapter 2. Good night. 1 2. Is that where I. Who wrote my sermon? Who knows where I'm supposed to be? Good night. Where am I? No. James chapter 3. Yeah, James chapter 3. There you go. I, just, I must have just wrote down the wrong reference. James chapter 3. Go there. James chapter 3, verse 1. That's what I want. My brethren, be not many masters. That's what I'm looking for. Not my brethren, have not the faith. My brethren, be not many masters. Notice what he says. Knowing that we shall receive the greater condemnation. For, if, for in many things we offend all. 
If any man offend not in the word, the same is a perfect man and able also to bridle the whole body. Now, here's what he's saying. In verse 1, he's saying, Be not many masters, knowing that we shall receive the greater condemnation. And when you, when you are a leader, when you're a master, you open yourself up for the greater condemnation. He says, for in many things we offend all. And here's the thing. If you got up, you know, sometimes people get mad at me or they get mad at preachers. They, you know, he says these things, they're so offensive. If you have to get up three times a week and speak for an hour, three times a week, you know, for five years, you say some silly things too. You know, and you'd say some offensive things too. And you'd say some things that you uh, regret also. And he says, my brethren, be not many masters, knowing that we shall receive the greater condemnation. For in many things we offend all. If any man offend not in the word, notice what he says. If any man offend not in the word, uh, uh, and able to, he says, the same is a perfect man, and able also to bridle the whole body. Look at verse 3. Behold, we put bits in the horse's mouth, that they may obey us, and we turn about their whole body. Notice the illustration he's saying. He says, you can take a big, strong horse and control the entire body if you can control its mouth. He says, behold, we put bits in the horse's mouth that they may obey us, and we turn about their whole body. Behold also, here's another illustration, the ships, which though they be so great and are driven of fierce winds, yet are they turned about with a very small helm. Whithersoever the governor listed. He said, wherever the boss wants it to go, he just turns the helm and that big old ship turns. He says, wherever way you want that horse to go, you just pull on its mouth and you can get that big, strong body to go that way. Look at verse 5. Even so the tongue is a little member and boasts of great things. Behold, how great a matter a little fire kindleth. And here's just one example where God says, if you learn how to control your tongue, you can learn how to control your whole body. If you can learn to not respond in that wrong way, to not talk back or to not yell back, if you can learn to just say, I'm going to learn to control my tongue, then he says, you control everything. Because discipline in one area will help you discipline in every area. And just, if that's your problem, you talk too much. (laughs) Or maybe you don't talk a lot, but when you say things, they're always rude and offensive. You know, and you say, that's the area I got to work on. I got to learn to control my tongue. It'll help you control your entire body. Here's another example God gives us. He says, you know, to fast. And when we fast, what we're doing is we're denying self of food. But here's what he says. He says, if you learn how to deny yourself of food and tell your body, yeah, I know you're hungry, but we're not going to eat yet because you're not in charge, I'm in charge. And I've already decided we're going to eat three days from now, so you're going to get under my control. If you can tell your body to not eat for three days, you can tell your body not to fornicate. You can tell your body not to steal. You can tell your body not to lie. You can get your body to get on that treadmill. You can get your body to budget. See, the idea is this. If you just learn to discipline yourself in any area, you will learn to establish discipline in every area. Theodore Roosevelt said this, with self-discipline, most anything is possible. With self-discipline, most anything is possible. See, here's the thing. Whatever area you're failing in, whether it's finances, whether it's fitness, whether it's family, whether it's faith, whether it's, I can't think of anything else that starts with an F that you would do. But whatever area you're failing in, whatever area you say, man, this, this is one area, if I could just get this area under control, if I could just get, if I could just get better here, you're probably failing in that area because of a lack of discipline, self-control, self-restraint, 
the ability to tell your body, no, we're not going to go down that road. I'm not going to yield down that way. I know that's the path of least resistance, but I'm going to choose to do this instead. And you can develop discipline in your life, and I can develop discipline in my life. But we have to do it by setting rewards, establishing a routine, making a resolution, saying, I'm not going to fail in that area anymore. Because discipline is a muscle, and you can strengthen it, and you can make it stronger. And it brings great dividends. It brings great success. Anyone who's succeeding. See, we, we like to, you know, we, we look at people succeeding. We see a marriage that, you know, they've been married for 52 years. And they're, you know, uh, Miss Joyce was telling me on the way out, uh, she, she told my wife this and she told, told me this. You know, she, she was saying, you know, people, people sometimes they think, oh, you, you've been married for 52 years. You must have just had uh, a great marriage and you and your husband just must get along and you never fight. And she said, no, we've been married for 52 years because we work at it. Because it's hard work. Because the truth of the matter is sometimes it'd be easier to just go ahead and file that divorce paperwork and just leave. But see, whenever anyone succeeds at anything, they succeed at it because they learn to discipline themselves and work at it and, and grow stronger in that area. So I want to encourage you tonight. What area are you lacking discipline in? What area are you failing in? And learn to exercise that area and strengthen yourself in discipline. Let's bow our heads and have a word of prayer. Heavenly Father.